Good morning, everyone. We are so happy to have you here uh, this morning. Uh, so good morning, everyone in person and to those watching online. Good morning to you as well. If you're watching online, write something in the comments. If you're here in person, just smile. And you can see smiles. This is great. Uh, there's a rose on the altar. Um, this is for Romy Negus. Parents uh, are Zach and Brittany and brother, big brother Briggs. So if you know them, send them a big congratulations. We love, um, we have new babies born into the life of the church. I don't know if you know this, but it's almost summertime and we have the best vacation Bible school ever. It's gonna be amazing. So um, if you wanna help, you can sign up on the church website or on Facebook. Uh, VBS is gonna be June 7th through the 10th. Um, or you can just see Catherine Barnes. Catherine's right over here and Catherine would love for you to sign up to help with vacation Bible school. Um, and there's all kinds of jobs. If you're scared of children, there's, there's a job for you too, right? I don't know anybody that's scared of children, but maybe somebody is. Um, youth are going to be kayaking on Saturday at Big Wills, so um, that's going to be a lot of fun. So if you know a teenager, send them our way, or if you want to come hang out with us, um, let us know. United Methodist Women are going to have a luncheon on April 12th, and they have a very guest, a special guest speaker, Dr. Grover Kitchens, so you don't want to miss that one. Uh, we have many journey groups that are going great. We have... Um, two Sunday school classes back in person. We have one that you could join online if that's what you would like. Pastor Sam's Bible study is going great. He has one in person at 11, then online on Facebook Live at 6. And then Harriet Murray has a class on Wednesday nights, and it is phenomenal. It is top-notch class. Everybody loves it. And the youth and kids on Wednesday nights, if you haven't been, check it out. It's amazing. We have a lot of fun. You can see them running around outside at the end of the night. We have a great time. Um, so there's many ways to connect and be involved, and we are so glad to see you here today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for this beautiful Sunday morning. We ask now that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Lori's. Lori's mic. There we go. Okay, is that better? Can we hear? Can we? Can you hear me now? Well, I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad to be worshiping with you. Um, I think maybe I need a new battery this morning. I don't know. I, on, on several different levels, I might need a new battery. I might need a new battery. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, welcome. If you're worshiping with us online, wherever you might be worshiping from, we are. We're glad that you're connected to us. Um, I want to say that we have the best children here at Gaston First United Methodist Church, the most awesome kids, and the most awesome children's minister, Catherine, is going to take them to our children's church right now. Speaking of children's church, we are in the process of, of creating a new children's worship space down we're going to connect room 106 and 108 down there and turn it into an awesome exciting new children's space it's going to be named after our in memory of our dear friend Joan Hightower and uh, part of our alleluia offering is going to be going to that so if you haven't sent your alleluia offering in uh, go ahead and do that we've had a we've had a wonderful successful alleluia offering it's just something above and beyond just because we're so thankful are you not thankful this Easter? Just, I know you're saying amen in your heart, even though you're not saying it out loud. It's okay. Um, you can always give online. I want to encourage you to download our church app if you haven't already done so. There's so much stuff that you can do through that, and, and it's a great way to stay connected or to reconnect. Uh, you can, if you're in here, you can drop your offering off at that plate. 
uh, at either door. Um, but just either way, any way you give, text to give, however, we're thankful. We're thankful for you because we want to do awesome ministries and we want to continue being a church. Thank you for helping us do that. We want to hear about your prayer requests. Uh, it's important to us. Our prayer team is meeting now and they're praying over all the needs that, that get sent to us. So we want to pray for you. Tell us how we can pray for you and we will. So pray with us even now. Lord, we're thankful and we're humble when we think about all that you have done for us. God, I pray your blessings on everyone who is up and ready to worship you today. Uh, maybe they have heavy hearts, Lord. Maybe they're struggling right now. But Lord, they're wanting to worship. I, I thank you for our praise team, Lord, that's, that's leading us in, in worship. And I pray your blessings on them. And may this experience, Lord, lift us up closer to you. And Lord, for all of those needs that we bear on our hearts, we offer them to you and we let go and we trust you and we surrender to your will. Take our tithes and offerings and our hallelujah offerings and use them to upbuild your kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen.
There's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, Well, amen, right? That was great. Thank you, praise band. It's wonderful to, to get to, to come up here and already feel like you're lifted up, feel like you kind of have some wind beneath your wings because of the, of the great praise and worship that we do here. And, and that's where we are. We are in the process of starting a new series today uh, called Reconnect because that's kind of where we are right now, uh, learning how to reconnect and figuring all of that out. And so today we're going to talk about what it means to feel disconnected. And the scripture we're going to use today is a passage from the Old Testament book of Ezra, chapter 3, verses 10 through 13. So follow along uh, on screen or on your uh, Bible app or in your Bible. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments were stationed to praise the Lord with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asaph, with cymbals according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsibly, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever toward Israel. And all the people responded with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of the families, old people who had seen the first house on its foundations, wept with a loud voice when they saw this house, though many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people's weeping for the people shouted so loudly that the sound was heard far away. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I see two things going on these days and it doesn't seem like they could both be happening at the same time but they are two different things happening at the same time. It's the very definition of a paradox. Because on one hand, uh, we are literally more connected than we have ever been in any point in history. When you think about the, what the Internet has done over the last 30 years, just in terms of worldwide connection, one, uh, one place that I looked at, Statistica.com, which is an interesting site, by the way, but it said that there are 4.92 uh, 4.2 billion people that are social networking around the world. 4.2 
billion people connected in that way. I mean, things that we couldn't even imagine that we could do 30 years ago, we now routinely do. It's just commonplace. For example, when our oldest daughter, Emily Kate, uh, studied abroad in the Czech Republic, 4,877 miles away from Gadsden, Alabama. Not that I counted them or anything like that. But that far away, we, on a regular basis, talked to her in real time using Snapchat and using Skype. It, it was something that just you just couldn't imagine doing that. And I know I will be the first to admit, I'm just an average baby boomer. I am not all that technologically savvy. I mean, I couldn't even figure out how to change the batteries in my own microphone this morning. I barely got that done. But me, just little old me, on, just on my smartphone, just on my smartphone, I have access to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, GroupMe, GoToMeeting, Zoom, and TikTok, just on my little smartphone. And, I mean, FaceTime. How many of y'all have ever used FaceTime? Grandparents use FaceTime. We all use FaceTime. And look, every time I use FaceTime, and we do with our kids, because they're, they're in different cities and everything. Every time I do that, I think about when I was a kid, and I used to, I used to watch the Jetsons. Pastor Andy, did you ever watch the Jetsons? You know, and when I was watching the Jetsons, and George Jetson would be talking to Mr. Spacely, on, on, and you could see he would be looking at Mr. Spacely's face and talking to him at the same time. And as a kid, I thought, that'll never happen. There is no way that I'll be able to look at somebody and talk to them at the same time. But here we go. Social media, right? Sometimes I wonder if those two words are supposed to even go together, social and media. I don't know. I haven't even mentioned that I can text people and I can email them and read my emails. I've already mentioned to you the Gadsden First United Methodist Church app. I mean, our church has its own app. We have, oh yeah, and streaming services. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, you know, I could... I could be watching the Braves game on my phone and somebody in another city could be watching that game on my phone. You might be watching something right now back there and I can't even tell because you're just kind of looking down like you're in prayer or something. But what you could be, you could be watching the Braves game in your city and I could be watching it in mine and we could be texting back and forth talking about the game and everything Good grief. And you know what? As a last resort, and this is just the last resort, I could dial my phone and, and just call somebody and talk to them like we used to do way back in the 20th century. As a last resort, we could just do that. You know. So it's overwhelming to think about. And, and the social media has just been, it's not been like a little wave. It's been more like a tsunami of change. And it has changed, it's basically changed the way many of us just function. It's changed the way we communicate. It's changed the way we do business. It's changed the way we shop. It's changed, I mean, it's even changed the way people date. You know those online websites, those dating websites, you know? 
I mean, it's crazy. You can find somebody. You can find that special person virtually online. All you have to do is go to MethodistRomance.com and meet that special someone. You don't have to be lonely anymore. Hopefully, when you actually meet them, they'll look like their profile picture on the, uh, I don't know. It's even affected the way we worship. I know. It's different. Even now, we're, we're worshiping online. We're live streaming. People in other parts of the world are worshiping with us. It's different. It's, I don't know, change is hard. But aren't you glad? Aren't you glad we had this option when a year ago when everything shut down and we were all quarantined and and we didn't know what was going on? Aren't you glad we were able to connect that way? Aren't you glad that we were able to do live stream Bible study and worship and how we've gotten better at doing that? We are we're slowly going into a whole new world of ministry. We're going from social media to social ministry. It's pretty cool. And all of this stuff is meant to connect us, right? Because that's my point. On one hand, we're way more connected than we've ever been. And at the same time, on the other hand, we're more disconnected than ever before. Can you see that? Two things happening at the same time. I bet it wouldn't surprise you to know that according to a 2020 study, a Cigna Health study, it showed that Americans are lonelier than they've ever been. Three out of five Americans in this study said that they felt lonely and disconnected. Three out of five. And you, this may surprise you. Do you know what group is the loneliest group? What generation group is the loneliest group? It's the younger generation. Does that surprise you? The younger generations, the Gen Zers, eight out of 10 Gen Zers said that they're lonely. Seven out of 10 millennials said that they're lonely, disconnected, disconnected. So loneliness and feeling disconnected. I don't have to tell you this. You know it takes a toll on you. It takes a toll on your physical health. It takes a toll on your mental health, on your relationships. It takes a toll on you spiritually. Feeling disconnected doesn't just happen between us. It also makes us sometimes feel disconnected from God because we experience God's pre presence when we're gathered together. Well... It turns out this is a new phenomenon at all. Uh, we can read the story of the exile in the Old Testament. And just to remind you what I say when I, what I mean when I say exile, in, in 586 B.C., the Babylonians came in and just destroyed Jerusalem. And they took the people and they carted them off to Babylon. And they had them in exile, away from all of a sudden people were disconnected from home, disconnected from everything that was familiar, disconnected from, from normal, right? Disconnected. And how did they feel when they were in exile? Well, I could try to tell you, but I'd rather just, I'd rather just let the psalmist tell you. Listen to Psalm 137. 
about how the exiles felt. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. On the willow trees, there we hung our harps. For there our captors asked for songs, and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, Sing to us one of the songs of Zion. How could we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, let my right hand wither. Let my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if, it, if I do not set Jerusalem above my highest joy. I don't know, can you feel this, the loneliness and the longing in those words? That feeling of disconnection. And it wasn't just a little while for the exiles. It lasted for about 70 years about 70 years and eventually they started being able to return to Jerusalem and that's where Ezra comes in the scripture we read just a few minutes ago Ezra the the priest and the scribe and the scholar um, he was one of the ones that was able to lead back the people to Jerusalem and in one of the phases he was able to bring them from Babylon to Jerusalem um, so now when the people got back, they got back to Jerusalem, right? And they were able to reconnect with old friends, right? They, they were able to see oh, the old neighborhood. Woohoo! Everything's back to normal, right? Wrong. Not even close. Everything was different. The city of Jerusalem, that symbol of, of their very highest joy... The city on the hill, the city of King David, it was in shambles. It was, it was in shambles. The, the temple, which was the symbol of their connection to God, was in ruins. It was gone. It had been destroyed. Yes, they had survived. Some of them had survived. But now the question was, how can we reconnect to God in worship? How can we reconnect to our community? How can, we, how can we rebuild all that we've lost? Our city, our place of worship, our sense of connection. How can we rebuild that? So that was their question, the Israelites in Ezra's day. But what about, what about our questions? Because... I think we've got a lot to learn from those ancient people, from the ones that Ezra was talking to. I think the lessons that they learned are ones that could benefit us in 2021. We've got a lot in common with them, turns out. And I want to talk to you about three things that we have in common with those Israelites returning from exile. One is that the Israelites were in a liminal space and we are too liminal is a great word you might know it and you might not know it is l-i-m-i-n-a-l liminal it comes from a latin root that means threshold so in architecture it's like the, a doorway or a hallway that leads from one space to the other so you know if you're in the liminal space you're not in that space and you're not in that space you're in between it's the in-between, the crossing over space. You've left one thing behind on one hand. On the other hand, you haven't gotten there to the new place yet. And you're in 
I don't know, what we would call transition. You're in that liminal space. And that's where the Israelites were. You can go back and read the book of Ezra. Do that sometime. And then read its companion book, the book of Nehemiah. And you could see how when they came back to their homeland and faces, they weren't where they were. They weren't in Babylon anymore. But they weren't where they were going to be because there was a lot to do to reconnect. And when they came back, well, when they had gone into exile, they were already in division. When they got back, they were still divided. Divided. Does that sound familiar? That's where the Israelites were. They were divided. You see, after King Solomon's death, the, the tension between the 12 tribes was just greater than ever before. And the guy that followed King Solomon, Rehoboam, he didn't listen to the 12 northern tribes, to their problems and their, and their complaints, their, their economic complaints about his economic policies. He didn't listen to them. And so what ended up happening was the northern tribes, the 10 northern tribes around Samaria and Shechem, divided from the southern two tribes that were centered around Jerusalem and they just basically became two different kingdoms the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom sometimes they got along sometimes they fought like cats and dogs but after the exile you see after the exile the two separate kingdoms ceased to exist anymore it was just the 12 tribes what was left of them and they were all in the same boat, you see. They weren't two different kingdoms anymore. Everybody's problem was the same. Everybody's challenge was the same. They all had to deal with the societal wreckage from the physical destruction. It was everybody's problem, right? And so Ezra was a very important figure in the story. So was Nehemiah. And God was... God was there. God was with them. God was faithful. But what were they going to do? You know, were they going to put aside their differences and focus on what they had in common? Were they going to cooperate with each other? So what they had before was gone. It was behind them. The old Jerusalem, gone. The old temple, not there anymore. And what would be in the future hadn't arrived yet. And they were the in-between times. I know that you've picked up by now the parallels. The parallels that we have with us and the, that ancient faith community. Because you see, we've been through a traumatic year, haven't we? We've been through a traumatic experience and we went into that experience, we went into the pandemic already deeply divided, already divided as, as a country, already divided as a denomination, the United Methodist Church. We, it's almost like we have to do this when we say united, because I'm just keeping it real. Lots of division there, divided. And the divisions that we had going into the pandemic were just magnified. There was already problems with racial injustice going into the pandemic. 
And guess what? It got magnified and it boiled over. There were already problems with immigration going into the pandemic. And they got magnified and boiled over. Politics just became even more divisive and nasty. We were even divided over who we would trust to tell us the truth about the virus. We were divided over whether or not to wear masks, whether or not to open up worship, whether or not to open up businesses. How seriously do we take this? Who's telling us the truth? And now the vaccine is out there. The vaccine, and many of us are able to get the vaccine. Most of us are able to get the vaccine. And then there's all kinds of suspicion that's out there, not among us probably, but out there about even whether or not to get vaccinated. And like the Israelites returning from exile, we're in that place that's a transition. You know, we're slowly creeping back to pre-pandemic things, activities that we did before the pandemic. But the truth is, the truth is we have departed from point A and we have not yet arrived at point B. So that's where we are, the crossover space. And what's that like? What's it feel like to be in that liminal space? Well, that's the second thing we have in common with the Israelites. They had mixed emotions, and we probably do too. Mixed emotions. Did you notice that in the passage that we read today? There was a great shout of praise. They had trumpets. They had cymbals. The priest had their vestments on. The people sang the ancient song. Great is the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. They sang that great psalm, just like always. The foundation of the temple was there. The foundation of the house of the Lord, the foundation was there. Joyful shout of praise. But along with the joyful shout of praise, there was also weeping. And I'm not talking about just shedding a couple of tears. I'm talking about loud lamenting to the point of both going on at the same time. They were weeping over their loss, what had been lost. They were weeping over the uncertainty of what was going to be in the future at the same time that they were praising. They were also weeping so much so that... If you were standing far away, you could just hear noise. You couldn't distinguish between the praising and the weeping because it was going on at the same time. That's what it feels like to be in a liminal space. It, it reminds me a lot of a trapeze. You know, like at the circus, the, the ones that swing on those the trapeze artists, the, the trapeze artist is, is swinging and, and they let go of point A, okay? And they're going to grab on to point B, but there's that space and time when the trapeze artist is in midair. They've left point A and they haven't grabbed on to point B yet, and they're in midair. And what does it feel like? Oh, it's scary. Oh, it's exciting. But it's a whole new way of being disconnected, if you think about it, just being there. 
And so, like the Israelites, we're not where we were. We're not where we're going to be. We're joyful in a way. Yay, we survived. But truthfully, we're also sad. Because we've lost a great deal and things are going to be different now. So both of those two things are going on at the same time. And you know what? That's okay. It's all right to be excited and also a little bit scared. It's all right to be hopeful and uncertain at the same time. Because whatever normal is going to look like, it's going to be new. You know that, don't you? Normal is going to be a new normal. The other day, I was taking some out-of-town visitors around to our beautiful downtown area. And we went in one of the shops down there, and the shop owner is somebody that I know, and they know that I'm the pastor here at First Methodist Church. And, and so the shop owner said, well, when do you think things are going to get back to normal? And I said, never. And I was only partially kidding, right? I was only kidding a little bit. Because it won't be the kind of normal that that person meant. It, it's going to be different. Because you can't go back to pre-2020. You can't go back there. Just like you can't go back to pre-internet. You can't go back to pre-9-11. You can't go back to pre-atomic bomb. You can't go back to pre-anything. Because the only way to move is to move forward. Like that trapeze artist, we're hanging in midair, but we're going to have to catch that next bar, or we're going to have to catch the hands that are reaching out toward us. We're going to have to do that. we got to catch that next bar, those hands reaching out for us. The Israelites, the third thing we have in common with them is they... They had two big things that they could really depend on during this liminal time. And we can depend on those same two things. They went, the one thing they had was they had the foundation. The foundation of the temple was still there for the Israelites. That represented their connection to God. I can't, we can't fully understand what the temple meant to them. Because to them, that was where God lived. And when they were exiled, they felt exiled from God. It represented connection, just not only to God, but to each other, to the worshiping community. And for us, I'm not talking about a foundation of a building. I'm talking about the church's one foundation, which is Jesus Christ, her Lord. Jesus is still the foundation was before, will be in the future, and is now in the liminal space. The foundation was foundation at point A, will be foundation at point B, and is foundation in the crossover space. The same yesterday, today, and forever. The second thing that they could count on, that we can count on too, is faithfulness. Because God always was faithful. God always will be faithful. And even now, God is faithful because that's who God is. There are so many verses in the Bible that I could share with you. But I don't want to, 
I don't want to read just a whole ton of verses. I do want to share a couple of my favorites. One is Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 and 23. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. I bet you know this one. Great is thy faithfulness. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And 2 Timothy 2.13 says, If we are faithless, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Faithful is who God is. So there's really only one thing left to say. There's only one thing left for us to say right here today. And that's the question, will we be faithful? Will we do what it takes to reconnect? To reconnect to God when we feel like we're in no man's land. To reconnect to each other, to our faith community. I know that you've got mixed feelings about that. I do too. There are things that I feel joyful about. There are things that I lament over. Both at the same time, right? So, so much so that the praise and the tears just get all mixed up together. But either way, either way, let's reconnect. When, when somebody joins the church, we ask them, like Shelby joined last week, I'm so proud of you, Shelby. And Pastor Andy asked her the vows of the church, will you be loyal to this church? Will you support it by your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness? That's how we're connected to God and to our church family. And that's what we're gonna be talking about as we talk about how to reconnect over the next coming weeks, how to reconnect by prayer and by presence and by gifts and by service and by witness. So, new technology, great. It just gives us more ways to reconnect. And I just want to ask, are you on board with that? Can you be on board? Can can Old dogs learn new tricks. Yes. I'm a, a living example of that. And we're going to have challenges. Along, we are going to have challenges. But to tell you something that I learned from my father-in-law, who's a Marine. You don't say ex-Marine. But the Marine motto, one of the Marines' mottos is adapt, improvise, and overcome. Can we do that? Because that's what it's going to take. And it's worth the effort to reach out and to grab whatever's next, to reconnect. It's worth it. Let's pray. God, we thank you for being our firm foundation. Even when we feel like um, 
we're just kind of out there, hung in midair. Thank you for being our firm foundation that always was and that is and that always will be. God, great is your faithfulness. And it, you are always there with us. Even when we feel like we're in exile, your presence is always with us in a strong way. We know that you are sovereign God of point A and that when we get to point B, you're going to be sovereign God of point B and you're the God of the in-between time too. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.
Now may the God who was our help in ages past and will be our hope for days to come, may that God be our guide while our days shall last in our eternal home. Amen. <laughs>